Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the bigger picture. More looking at what's in the headlines overnight. Job cuts in Techland. They are piling up as companies that let the 10-year bull market adapt to a new reality. Microsoft making the news as it's letting go of 10,000 employees. That's about 5% of its workforce. That is also alongside news that Amazon is set to begin a fresh round of job cuts that is set to eliminate more than 18,000 employees and become its largest workforce reduction in its 28-year history. So we've seen in the past few weeks and even months how many tech firms have been laying off workers and this comes in a period of slowing growth, higher interest rates to better inflation and fears of a possible recession around the corner. Let's unpack it with Yip Jin Rong. He is the market strategist for IG. Morning, Jin Rong. How are you doing today? Hey, good morning, Ryan. I'm good. Great to be back. Hey, welcome back from your reservist. Now, at least you've got your eye on what's happening in the markets these days when it comes to tech earnings. They've been making a lot of news and headlines. And if you look at the job markets, it is painting a rather bleak picture. Job cuts in the tech scene is the worst over, you think, for the US economy when it comes to layoffs, at least in the tech sector. Yes, so I think the greatest uh, headline uh, yesterday regarding the job cut comes from uh, Microsoft. So about 10,000 roles are being laid off. I think we have uh, seen such a picture before Mm. in the tech sector, in the likes of, uh, if you recall, Amazon, uh, Twitter, uh, Meta Platforms, and also uh, Salesforce uh, just very uh, recently. So for Microsoft, I think while it may affect uh, less than 5% of its uh, overall workforce, I think the key takeaway here is that generally these uh, big tech companies are deemed to be the more resilient more stable front in terms of the U.S. economy and them having to uh, cut costs and lean towards a more defensive approach just kind of uh, reinforce the view that even the most uh, resilient companies are also starting to cave in to all of this uh, economic uh, pressure. So the outlook is definitely uh, precarious. I think if you are looking at the job cuts, it tends to come with a very uh, longer term view from the uh, company itself. So it does suggest that, you know, volatility is likely to continue at least uh, into the rest of the year where uh, we are still looking out for the bottoming out in terms of uh, corporate earnings and also in terms of uh, economic conditions. Yeah, Jiro, I'm just wondering, is this a case of bad news being good news for markets? Because when you think about what's happening right now, it's maybe a sign that the Fed might not need to do as much because you've got job cuts playing out and then in some sense that's creating some slack in the jobs market and then the Fed might not need to hike as much. Is that going to be good news in that sense? Yes, so uh, definitely when we look at the Fed's policy outlook, I mean uh, the two factors, very strong factors that come into play will of course be uh, growth conditions and also the uh, inflation uh, outlook. So I think overnight we have seen some uh, encouraging pictures continue to show up on the U.S. inflation front. I mean, the producer price index kind of uh, underperformed, uh, not by a slight margin, but it actually underperformed by quite a significant uh, number. And on the other hand, we are also seeing uh, growth conditions uh, underperform as well. If you look at our U.S. retail sales and also industrial production data. So I think this uh, confluence of these uh, underperformance in inflation and growth kind of uh, support views that the Fed could be nearing the end of its uh, hiking cycle. But I think overnight we have also seen that this data has thus far also failed to sway the Fed members in terms of feeding markets with the pivot hope. 
that you know many equity bulls are strongly holding on to. So we have heard from Fed voting members uh, that kind of stick very firmly to their expectations of having a policy rate above a five percent. So this is clearly uh, more hawkish than what markets are currently pricing, which is around the 4.75 to a 5% range. So overall, there has been this ongoing pushback from the Fed, and I think this will continue until inflation is able to tickle down lower, roughly towards the 3 to 4% range. So we are still some distance away, and with that, you know, we will still be seeing uh, this quicker moderation in economic conditions and this kind of uh, unmoved set to recent downside surprise in inflation and growth. So those, I think, will continue to keep risk sentiments in check. Yeah, Jerome, that's a good point on how inflation, even though it's too high, starting to show some signs of easing. Another data point overnight was the retail sales numbers for December. It dropped 1.1%, contracting for the second month in a row. So that is a big part of the U.S. economy. And it's interesting how, even though it might point to the Fed possibly easing up on its rate hikes, we did see markets down overnight. What do we take away from these numbers when you see retail sales dropping and inflation starting to ease up to some extent? Are we expecting the US economy to go into a deep recession in that sense? Yes, so uh, in a way, if you look at overnight uh, data, I think uh, market participants are getting uh, more and more accustomed to seeing this uh, downside surprise in inflation. If you just look across uh, the previous month, uh, inflation data has been moderating, but in terms of the market move in reaction to all of this uh, inflation data, it seems to be getting uh, more and more measured. So we are not seeing this uh, very strong uh, bullish move uh, in reaction to all of these uh, moderating uh, inflation uh, surprises. Uh, mainly because I think the narrative is shifting towards uh, pricing for a growth risk. So we know that inflation risk is more or less uh, peaking. Uh, we should see a further moderation in the months ahead. But it really boils down to when we are able to see a timeline from a pivot hope from the Fed. And over the past few months, the Fed members have consistently been pushing back against uh, this narrative. So this suggests that you know the trade-off for uh, growth uh, will continue to play out. So that will definitely keep our risk sentiments uh, on check and we may expect you know, further volatility to play out, uh, especially over the next uh, few months. Right, we're trying to give Rong. He's the market strategist for IG. Jinrong, it's now time to talk about Netflix. How much have you been watching? Because the earnings are out tonight. What will we be looking out for? Yeah, so for uh, Netflix, I think uh, the previous uh, quarter, we are seeing some uh, promising signs in terms of some resilience in terms of a subscriber growth. So many market participants are looking towards you know, the subscriber base as an indication for a share price. But looking ahead, I think uh, one of their key uh, growth plans are uh, being in terms of pushing into this uh, ad tier uh, pricing. Uh, recently, they have guided that you know it could sort of uh, see some form of a headwind. It is not gaining uh, as much traction what they're expecting. So I think that is definitely one of the key risks uh, that we will be watching heading into the upcoming uh, results. So if you look at the share price itself, I think uh, for now, things are still sort of uh, recovering from its uh, previous uh, sell-off. Uh, near-term-wise, is still on this, uh, I would say, a near-term outward bias, you know, holding on to this uh, higher low and higher high ever since uh, July uh, last year. So moving ahead, I think there are still some optimism in play, but I think uh, investors will really want to look out on how they are able to, you know, really uh, cement uh, their growth plans in terms of this uh, at-tail pricing because at current moment, it doesn't seem to provide a very positive uh, picture for growth. Yeah, Jerome, talking about risks and headwinds, we've got the Lunar New Year break coming up and that potentially is going to see 
huge movements in China. Migrant workers, more than 200 million of them going back to their hometowns. And that, of course, could mean COVID-19 cases picking up. And of course, it could then spiral into more disruptions when it comes to the economy. How much are you worried about that having an impact on the economy this year? Yes, so I mean, uh, if you look at uh, Chinese New Year traveling in China, I think a virus, a resurgence uh, is a very highly likely uh, scenario. Uh, but at least for now, the catch is that there are no uh, vaccine-resistant uh, variants uh, being played out yet. And uh, looking at the past global examples, uh, generally, a virus surge tends to be uh, temporary. So a peak in the virus cases uh, will be on the lookout ahead. But in the meantime, you know, I think all of these uh, near-term pressure riding on this uh, virus risk uh, could be temporary. Because over the longer term, I think uh, with the shift towards a reopening, uh, China's economic picture should continue to trend uh, to the upside. So previously, we have seen these uh, ongoing supportive uh, policy measures uh, kicking in, but it is restricted by, you know, intermittent uh, virus disruptions. But with uh, this narrative shifting towards reopening, I think uh, economic conditions uh, may be more reactive to this ongoing uh, supportive uh, policy measures. And uh, if you talk about a recovery in economic conditions, a rebound in the corporate earnings, uh, that could drive this uh, outward re-rating of valuation for many of these uh, Chinese counters, uh, which are still trading, you know, quite relatively uh, attractive, both on this uh, historical basis and against their uh, global peers. So I think the overall trend uh, could still continue towards the upside for now. All right, upside potentially, but some near-term headwinds as we see factory disruptions, workers possibly you know, extending their holidays and just returning to the factories a bit later. And in line of that, Jirong, thank you so much for your time this morning. We're chatting with Yip Jirong. He is the market strategist for IG. Jirong, happy Lunar New Year in advance, and we'll catch up again with you soon. Thank you, Ryan. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app, that's A-W-E-D-I-O, available on Google Play or the App Store.